Welcome to Rumiki Talks podcast. I'm your host, Konstantin Starodetsky. This is a space where I interview professionals from the entertainment industry and discuss popular film-related topics with my co-host and producing partner, Romana Dinevska. Our goal is to help and motivate aspiring filmmakers to get their films made. Enjoy. Welcome back, guys. Today, we're going to talk about the movies from our childhood. We'll revisit some of the films that we love, that Rumena watched back in Macedonia and I watched back in Russia. So to start off, I want to talk about the films that I watched as a kid and the films that inspired my entire filmmaking career. And the first on the list, I mean, I don't want to put it first in terms of ranking. So it's just one of the, all of them have first place. So I'm going to start with this. And the movie is Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump influenced my life so much. And I've been talking about this movie a lot on the podcast. But especially when I was a kid, the first time I watched the movie, and I watched it in Russian, it was dubbed in Russian. So I had that experience. And when I watched the movie and the scene when he just sitting on that porch and thinking about everything that happened to him up until that point, And then he just starts running without any particular reason. And this philosophy, in essence, that he started running for no particular reason was so inspiring to me that I started running like him with no particular reason. And I was just starting from home and then as far as I could go. I started running (laughs) towards the end of my district then I felt it wasn't enough. Then I started running even further to the end of the bigger district. And then once I ran to the end of the city. <laughs> and then I stopped. Sometimes I wasn't running. I was just walking as he was saying that it's not like he was running all the time. He was running. Sometimes he was walking. Just keep moving. That philosophy really started my adventures to different countries to different cultures to different films you know it really made me think of life in an entirely new way that i never thought of before there was something magical in it of this idea of just go and go as far as you can in terms of your career in terms of your you know, relationship, how far you can go, how far you can explore, or in other words, how deep you can explore the everything that you experience in this life. So that was one film that inspired me. And maybe one day I will have one in <laughs> one episode on this film. But to move on, the next one is Matrix. I'm sure Matrix changed lives of many people who watched it for the first time. It's just such an incredible groundbreaking experience that there are not enough words to describe it. Nobody expected this coming. It was just, okay, another movie, there's Ken Reeves in it, there's some fighting scenes, and but it turned into such an epic story uh, such a great storytelling and acting and and just everything was packaged so well that you couldn't believe it was real it almost felt like this movie came out of another reality or 
from higher powers or something. It's just, it's stuck with me for the rest of my life. This idea of what if we live in the matrix? What if everything around us is not real? And the longer I live on this planet, the more I realize that that's actually, it's kind of true that everything is not quite real because it all starts from our imaginations. You know, this microphone that I'm touching once was someone's idea, you know, his, oh, let me get this microphone into existence before it even existed. But it's a long and deep conversation about <laughs> whether reality we live in is real or not, or it's someone created it for us, and it, for us it feels like it's real, but it's actually artificially created. But the movie is such an amazing experience, a theatrical experience, because I watched it in a theater with my mother. My mother uh, and I, we were going to theaters when I was a kid a lot, and it was one of my favorite experiences to go uh, around like in the morning, sometimes at 7 a.m., sometimes at 8, sometimes at 10, usually somewhere around between 7 to 10 a.m., because the tickets were the cheapest, and also there's something special of watching movies in a movie theater in the morning. Because you watch a movie, you experience this lifetime of a person, of a character from a film. And then you're back to your life and you have the rest of the day available to you to be inspired by the movie, especially by a movie like Matrix. That movie is definitely something special in my life. And the same, uh, the same as with Forrest Gump and Matrix, I watched that movie first in Russian and then I rewatched it in English. And I watched it many times in Russian and many times in English. And I, I've been telling this before, but I have my own Matrix experience by first watching movies in Russian and, and thinking that this is the reality, and then watching the films that were in English for the first time in English, and it's like discovering, oh my God, this is how the movie is supposed to be. And then after watching movies in English and in, in their actual language for for a while, I couldn't anymore watch the, the movies in Russia that were dubbed by Russian actors it just doesn't feel authentic, doesn't feel real anymore <laughs> before it was but now it, it, it's not it's not possible, it's not enjoyable it just feels like someone making a joke <laughs> about the movie and the third movie that I would like to mention is well, there are a bunch of movies from Jackie Chan but particularly I really enjoy Mr. Mr. Nice Guy. <laughs> Mr. Nice Guy, I watched it on VHS and my mother got it for my birthday. I really enjoyed this, the vibe that it was in this movie, like how they were making little dough braids in the beginning of the movie. Then they had like a little pieces of bread and Jackie Chan was throwing them to the audience and they were catching them over their mouths. And that's in the beginning of the movie and how it starts and and just in general, Jackie Chan was a big part of my childhood and his films were, were getting me through many things, but especially Mr. Nice Guy, all of those fights when he doesn't want to fight, but then he has to fight because the circumstances pressuring him to fight, but he doesn't want to fight naturally. He always reserves his energy until it's absolutely necessary to fight to protect himself, but he never starts a fight. And that's what I loved about his films and that's also what influenced my life that don't start a fight just <laughs> you know be Mr. Nice Guy but if you do have to protect yourself sure but 
never start a fight because there is no reason to start fights. And in general, his movies are very incredible in terms of choreography, fight scenes. He doesn't move camera that, that much. He had a lot of wide angles where you can see actual choreography that they rehearsed multiple times and it looks like a real fight. And sometimes they get hit and quite painful and go to the hospitals, you know. And as you probably know, Jackie Chan has <laughs> bro- has broken so many bones so far. Hopefully he won't break any more. But at some point there was article news that said that no insurance company want to insure Jackie Chan anymore <laughs> because of all of the bad things that happened to him. So this is this is my list of the films that, from my childhood that meaningful to me and uh, stay in my heart. Rumki, what are your films? Well, there's so many. Where to start from? Similar to you, uh, I started watching a lot of Disney animated films and they were also on VHS and um, they were dubbed in Macedonian. So uh, it's interesting. It's an interesting experience to watch them now in the original English language. But also my dad, as we were growing up, he would always so go to the farmer's market, you know, to do grocery shopping and stuff like that. But there would be um, there people that sell pirated DVDs. So that was like a must. Like <laughs> every time he would go to the farmer's market, he would buy us a DVD and bring it home. So it was really like what my dad picked for us. And it, he would really pick like films that are meant for kids or like teenage movies. So we watched a lot of B films as well. And like these copies were not the best because they were usually recorded from the theater and someone is passing um, by on the (laughs) screen and all of that. But it was like really a thing that me and my brother enjoyed. Uh, We had a shared room. We had a little box TV and a DVD player. And that was really how we were spending our time, especially on the weekends. We would watch um, films. So some of my favorites now that I think about it, First of all, I have to mention The Little Princess, uh, by uh, directed by Alfonso Cuaron. And this movie, I don't think it was a movie that I had on DVD. It was a movie that I came across on, on TV. It was just playing on um, some Macedonian channel. But it's like really transported me to a magical place. Um, and I highly recommend that. I revisited it this film as an adult um, and it's just so beautiful it's about a girl that her father enrolls uh, her into a girls like boarding school and he goes to war she gets the news that he might have died or not you know like uh, and she's an orphan she becomes an orphan but the way she deals with her grief is by telling stories which is what I love. And she tells stories about her life in India um, and just so many like mythical creatures and gods and stuff like that. And all the girls uh, love her so much and want to gather in her room to hear her story. So me watching this film as a girl, as a young girl, I was so enchanted by it. Like I wanted to go to those places. I wanted to experience, you know, 
those stories like of India and the colors and it, it was just beautiful. Um, and then we loved, you know, the Harry Potter films like Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> like we watched all of those. Another one that we really loved was Spy Kids. And I think the Spy Kids was a perfect movie for a brother and sister to watch together because it was this hmm. film that, you know, like really portrayed the siblings relationship and all, all of a sudden, you know, they become spies and their parents were spies and everything looked so cool. Like the, all the gadgets and the things they got to do. So me and my brother like really loved this movie as kids. Also Shark Tank and Love a Girl. Like, I mean, these are like, I don't know. I haven't revisited them now as an adult, some of these. So I don't know if they hold up, but like we really enjoyed watching them. Also Finding Nemo. I still to this day think it's a wonderful film uh, and it's just so beautiful and holds so many memories from my childhood, you know. So there's films when that I revisit as an adult that literally transport me back to my childhood. And I think that's just amazing how much power films have and why I think it's important to, you know, revisit these films. You might think even if they're meant to be seen by children, you you will be surprised if you revisit them as an adult, how many new things you're going to find and experience that you might have not noticed when you were a child, whether in the dialogue or something visually. Um, and now as a filmmaker, I get to appreciate them more, you know, uh, definitely appreciate more mm. the filmmaking. We just recently started um, rewatching Beauty and the Beast, the animated Disney movie. You, Constantine, mentioned to me that this, uh, you know, that sh those shots where they do, like the camera slowly pushes in, uh, we saw how Disney did that. Uh, when we went to the Disney Museum in San Francisco, there was literally like a um, the camera, so it's like a three uh, three perspective, and the camera goes down. So it's so interesting to see that because when you know you're a kid or just like a general audience, you don't think about those details and how much work was put in these films and in the animation and stuff. It's definitely wonderful to experience them as an adult. Also, it makes me think of if anyone's seen Cartoon Network, like the cartoon Courage the Cowardly Dog. That and the, like, I used to watch it as a kid, and now if when I rewatch it and I hear some of the dialogue and some of the stories, I was like, "How is this meant for kids?" <laughs> you know, it's like mm. it's intense. It's pretty scary, and um, and yes. It's definitely a different experience as an adult. I think as children, sometimes we're like, okay, that's kind of scary, but we don't really, you know, understand all uh, everything of this of the situations and stuff. So watching it as an adult, I'm like, oh my God, this is what they showed us as kids. This was terrifying. So mm -hmm. it's it's very interesting. I highly recommend to anyone to revisit the things you watched in your childhood, and you might discover something new. Yeah. Um, for example, we recently also watched E.T. 
in the theater. Mm -hmm. It was my first time watching it, and Constantine, obviously, you've seen it. Yeah, I I've seen it the as a child again in, in Russian, and uh, it was magical experience then, like like truly magical. It felt like it was real. I felt like it was a a real alien in, uh, invasion, like a friendly alien invasion. <laughs> um, and uh, at some point, I was thinking that Steven Spielberg is himself uh, someone from another planet, and the films that he makes have such a deep message and great storytelling and aliens and i was like wait <laughs> maybe he is maybe he is from 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 some other universe you're definitely one of the most talented uh, uh filmmakers on the pl on this planet for sure and then i was watching this movie when i came here uh first in new york i was just watching it on my laptop in english uh, many times and then recently just two weeks ago we watched this movie in New Beverly Cinema the Quentin Tarantino's theater on film so on real film projector with all the ads that were in a similar theme or even using some of the scenes from AT of that time which really put us into that time when this movie was released for the first time it really felt like we were watching this movie in the past because of the way it was screened on film and the environment and even the way that you buy popcorn is different than when you buy it at some larger movie theater chain so and i was watching it with Rumki, and it was a really beautiful experience to watch this movie with someone who ha who haven't seen the movie at all uh, and I could see <laughs> an amazement on Rumana's face as she was watching the movie and she really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed it watching it for the first time with someone who watches it for the first time. It, it gave me different ideas. It's, I always say that I love to watch movies that I've seen with someone who haven't seen the movies because then I can get this different perspective by this person who I'm watching it with just sitting next to me. So subconsciously I'm watching this movie through their eyes as well as through mine I, I know how they think more or, le more or less and so you, having that knowledge I'm watching this movie again from their point of view as well which makes it a unique experience as if you're watching the movie for the first time this phenomena keeps happening so you can try doing it as well if you haven't tried but or if you have tried and you feel the same way yeah I think it's real there's something about watching the movie with someone else. It gives you an entirely new experience. I want to encourage everyone and inspire everyone to revisit a film or films from their childhood. You know, it could be a cartoon. It could be an animated film. It could be a live action film. It doesn't matter. But something that you really enjoyed as a child and watch it for nostalgia but also for education, you know, you might learn something new. You might discover something really amazing and brand new to you. Because it, when we watch films, we get to experience them differently every time. The way we experience them depends on the time and place we're in. You know, we used to watch them back in our home countries 
Konstantin in Russia and me in Macedonia. And now here we are together revisiting some of the films that we both loved watching in a completely different language than we first originally saw them in. So it's a whole new experience. So next time you're into the mood of watching a film, why not revisit something from your childhood? And hopefully it will bring you a whole new set of experiences and memories. And with that, we arrive to Obsession of the Week. Constantine, what is your Obsession of the Week? This week, I'm obsessed with Marvel Studios. That's a very long conversation about Marvel Studios and um, the films that they produce. But recently, uh, like particularly this week, there are a lot of content on the news coming about Marvel Studios, about David Maisel, Marvel Studios, and yeah, just a lot of news from Marvel Studios. And I've been reading all of them and it got me thinking about where it all started. And it all started with the movie Iron Man. That was the first independently produced Marvel film by Marvel Studios that they did in-house. Almost kind of like indie film, as they call it. But it was groundbreaking. And I thought of that movie when the first time I watched it. When I watched it in theaters, I was like, whoa, what, what is that? What is this new new wave of cinema? You know, Marvel, Marvel cinema. And that movie was truly great because, um, because Robert Downey Jr., uh, was coming also out of kind of like a uh, out of a bad place. He was in jail, and people were kind of risking putting him in front of so many people and and putting so many so much money into this movie. And also the director of the movie, John Favreau, it wasn't in the best position to to direct the movie as well because he also had some financial failures with his films. But he did direct Elf, which has a lot of fun stuff in it and especially action type of stuff that we, we don't even notice if if you think about it because you watch it, you think it's a magical film, but there there is a sizable portion of action stuff that happens in this movie, but it's still, this movie has a heart and it has a soul as you're watching it despite all the action that happens there. And that's what they put in the first Marvel movie, the Iron Man, which everyone loved. And then, you know, it just exploded the box office <laughs> at that time. And since then, as you know, there are a lot of Marvel movies were coming in. Some some are better than the others, but all in all, they all were successful financially in the box office because there are a lot of people who were reading comics, uh, Marvel comics, who grew up with those comics. I didn't grow up with comics. I'm just I'm just barely getting introduced to the comics, but I'm learning a lot, and I want to learn more about this universe. Arumki, what about your obsession? Beauty and the Beast, the animated Disney movie. We're revisiting it. We're almost done watching it. We're halfway through. And I'm just so in love with it. And I'm just reminded of the story. And I remember now when I did watch it on VHS and it was so fun and beautiful. And that scene where they're doing snow angels in the snow, the beauty and the beast, it was so enchanting. But having said that, I also took from the library the... French version of Beauty and the Beast. This is the 1946 film uh, directed by um, Jean Cocteau. I hope I pronounced it well. And I know there's other, like, obviously the new live action, and there's also another French live action. I don't know if we'll watch those, but 
right now I'm really loving the Disney version and I'm excited to see this French version. I have we I checked out the Criterion Collection Blu-ray so and I've heard wonderful things about it. So that's my obsession of the week. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, we really appreciate it if you go and leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts because it does help us to bring new guests and grow the podcast so you guys hear more episodes. Have a good one. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to Rumike Talks Podcast. You can find the show notes at rumike.com. I'm your host, Konstantin Staradetsky. My producing partner, Rumena Dinevska. See ya.